0: Give us grace and courage to hope and to risk disappointment. Teach us to pray expectantly, and when our prayers seem to fail, bring us to pray again and again, for you are our God who acts and will act again. Hear this prayer for your love's sake. Amen. A beautiful and appropriate collect from the New Zealand Prayer Book that's been. Uh, heard, we, we said it last week at our uh, job service at 1230, and it's just been resonating with me these past few days. I thought I'd start with that this morning. Well, what a long gospel. I think you guys are ready to sit down. Um, it just feels like the past three weeks, the gospels are just the sermon on its own, right? And I think we're all, if we're, if we're just kind of... Uh, Reading together, we're just all kind of out of breath there after those 41 verses today. Uh, And so I wasn't too sure what to focus on in the midst of such richness between all of our lessons this morning. So here we go trying to connect them. Uh, In terms of time, a lot has happened since last week's gospel when we read about the Samaritan woman in chapter 4. Jesus has said 5,000 walked on water and now Jesus heals a man born blind in our 19th chapter this morning. I think it's important to remember that Lent is supposed to prepare us for the main event of Easter. So these dialogues and in the in our Gospels, the Gospel of John that we've been reading, uh, were initially, initially connected to Lent very early in the history of our church. They were the source of instruction for those who were to be baptized at Easter and therefore have remained as part of our lectionary. So if you have been here for all the Sundays in Lent and you want to get baptized, I guess you could skip the baptism class on April 1st because technically you've been listening to all of our gospels. I'm kidding, you have to (laughs) come. Our gospel reminds us of God's proximity to us reminds us of what it means to be seen and to be encountered where we are it breaks down some assumptions we may have about jesus and the relationships that he has with the people he encounters last week we saw jesus interacting with a samaritan woman an outcast and today jesus heals a man who was born blind also considered an outsider as he was known as a beggar the, the, the disciples here were quickly uh, quickly assumed that this man's blindness was due to a sin committed. So we see it right at the beginning of the gospel, right? Like, yeah. who did it, Lord? Was it, was it the blind man or was it his parents? Why is he, who, who committed the sin and why is he this way? I appreciate that Jesus sets the record straight very early on in our gospel. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, he was born blind. So that God's works might be revealed in him. This seems to be like, what does that say here? This confusion or this, this answer that, that Jesus gives the disciples and the people. Because this answer, of course, doesn't satisfy those who heard this, right? Why do bad things happen? We all need answers. I think most of us can relate to this thought. Especially when things aren't going our way. We want to pinpoint the cause of suffering or pain. We don't don't like that. It's not fun. We look at the news and ask ourselves why. Do we get a definite answer to this gospel? Yes, Jesus is saying that that is not the reason why this man is blind. That is not the the cause of the suffering. But do we understand it? No, I, I don't think we do. I think that's the beauty of it. Imagine if all the characters in this story just agreed and knew that Jesus was the Messiah. If all the Jewish leaders were in agreement, where would that be people like me that have so many questions? We would not relate or identify with any of them. I love having these conversations with with those who are curious about Scripture. And I have the privilege of having these conversations quite often with people. I mean, if someone put their spit and rubbed it in my eye or in my child's eye, I would have a lot of questions too. The man who now sees, and we see it in the Gospel, right? Over and over. He was taken to the Pharisees because nobody knew what to do with this information that he was sharing. Everyone was confused. He says it over and over again. I have told you who has healed me. Then the man's parents recognize him and and they say their truth. They speak their truth. But direct all other questions to the son because they too were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They had been warned that they would be put out of the synagogue if they confessed Jesus to be the Messiah. So they knew what was at stake if they were to say anything. Or perhaps the parents were just being parents, why are you asking me? My child is an adult. Go and ask him. Or I've already told you the truth and you're still asking me. Everyone probably afraid about what this all meant for them. And nobody wants to be left out or seen as an outcast in this story. Afraid of the unknown. Afraid of being wrong. Jesus shows us what it means to see. Because again here, he identifies himself. He reveals to this man that he is the son of man. Jesus in relationship with this man goes to be with him as we hear even at the end of the gospel that Jesus heard that they had indeed driven the man out of the synagogue. And we know that in those times, it was an important part of community life to belong. And Jesus went to find him. Our lessons are all about God loving us and leading us where we are. You know, again, we try to figure out as as, as uh, ministers, as preachers, as as uh, people who who discern Scripture or talk about Scripture about God. We try to connect the lessons and and uh, to see see ways in which they they're relevant to us. in our Old Testament reading, Samuel is sent to complete a task. To look for God's anointed one, the next king. Jesse's sons come, and, and they go, just like that. Right? He's like, nope, it's not this one. Nope, it's not this one. And out of all of Jesse's sons, David, the youngest one, the one with least experience is the chosen one. The spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. All the characters in our lessons today, kind of confused and wondering, and also making, a, basing their their uh, basing their their responses on assumptions made. You may remember that David was also no saint, and uh, what happens afterwards because I kind of want us to say in the text for this morning David had success as a warrior but also did some not so kind things and I just he was responsible for the pain of many too he was not perfect he was very much broken he was there was other parts of David right he was a musician he was it says uh, in our in our lesson, he was beautiful, uh, had colored eyes. I think even read somewhere on there. And so we see also in, 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 in this gospel lesson, uh, and in our in our Old Testament lesson, just what what God is doing with with the people that we think can't be used. Or that can't do something for us. It's one of my favorite verses is, do not look on his appearance or on the height or his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So I thought, you know, I always think it's special because I'm like, yeah, God sees me as as who I really am and as a nice person and kind person, um, but that's not that, that, that's not the reality of it, and that's, that's one of the things I've, I've been trying to grapple with as, as we prepare uh, and think about Lent and what Lent means to all of us. I read, a heard this uh, podcast where it said, um, God sees our hearts, yes, right, so it goes along with this verse. God sees those dark thoughts, those broken hearts, and yet loves us the same. And I think that's the message that we are to share today. That we are—at least I like. Maybe I'll say maybe not all of you all, but I like to think that you know that I'm kind or good, and that's just not the truth, right? Uh, or or I think oh, gosh, she's so nice when I interact with people and, and say. You know, one day I'll be—I'll be better, you know. Or we think that there's something wrong with us because we don't have such nice thoughts all the time, twenty-four-seven. Because I think that God sees when I'm not so nice or kind to my neighbor. And here's a silent whispers—maybe not whispers—but uh, when I'm, you know, speeding down—not speeding. When I'm coming down fifty-nine and there's like someone cutting me off. And the rude comments that I probably say when my spouse promises to get to putting away the laundry, it doesn't. Right? Yes. And, 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 and God loves us the same. God loves me the same and God loves me the same. So as I try to figure out what we, the message we take today during Lent is, is figuring out where we are to be challenged by our own realities and our own dark spaces. And I want to end just with, the, if I could find it, it's just uh, three sentences that our presiding bishop shared just at the beginning uh, that came up in my memories from March 25th, 2020. And I realized that was pretty much when everything shut down. And so it is, it is a moment of a, a message that he shared then, and I think it's perfect for today as well. Maybe love really is the way. God's love and our lived love for each other. Love can heal and help when nothing else can. Love can lift up and liberate when nothing else will. Amen.